Hi, welcome to the seventh episode of season three. Um, I'm Mary Abazia, and I'm joined with Tom Spitali and Sean Wellham. Hi, guys. Hey, Mary. Hey, Tom. Sean, Mary, hi. Hello. So we're calling this season the Marketing Casebook. And um, it is because we see so many recent examples of marketing success and marketing colossal failures that we were, we're trying to always figure out what that means for our clients, especially the B2B clients and, uh, you know, what, what lessons they can take from that. So we thought this would make an interesting, uh, podcast season. So we are into this episode and Sean, what is this one called? Tonight's episode, episode seven, the case of the educated gamble. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and Sean, what is this really all about? <laughs> well, you know, gambling, um, taking a bet on the future, you know, it's something that every business to, to some extent is involved in because everything we, we know is, is about what happened in our past and everything we, we're making decisions about is, is based in our future. So we have to try and look at how the future might be different from today to come up with, with great competitive strategies. So, so what we're going to focus on today, at least to start off this thought process, is... Um, is a business that was built from zero to $16 billion business in just 20 years, essentially by, by making bets on future trends over and over again. Um, and that, that business is, is Netflix. I mean, some of the trends that they, they had to get involved in, it, it started off, they, they literally just said, we've got some money, we want to start a business, what can it be? And they, they looked at Amazon, which was making a lot of headlines in the late 1990s. And they, they, they looked at that trend, like internet shopping, internet purchasing will be a big thing. They, they wanted to get involved in that. Obviously, Amazon had sort of cornered the book market, so they wanted to move into films, maybe with, with VHSs. So that was the first trend that they bet on. They, they had some trouble with the bulkiness of a VHS, but they noticed the trend in DVDs and how... DVD players were becoming a really hot consumer item. So they shifted their model to, to DVDs by post. They, they were ahead of that trend. They recognized that, that rent versus own would grow and accelerate. And we see that to this day, that people are, 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 are renting the use of something rather than taking ownership of it. Um, they also saw that subscription business models would, would be transactional. You know, if you think about today, how we consume music through Spotify and similar products, how we buy our software, Microsoft Office, and all of that is basically a, a cloud-based subscription model. And they saw that trend and were ahead of that. They also saw people consuming entertainment on laptops initially, but on other devices as well. They saw that the shift was moving away from, from television as the focal point and to a much broader range. And they, they, they bet big on that. And they also looked at how bandwidth would be increasing as streaming um, to make streaming more viable. So they changed their business model again to focus on streaming rather than supplying DVDs through the mail or through through delivery. So at every stage in their evolution, they, they were looking over the horizon and saying, what's going to happen next and how do we build towards that? And even though they're a great example and a huge success by any standards, every business can benefit from that little look over the horizon as to what's coming and how do we build our business and our offer and our products and our services to meet that. So the, so the question is, how did they do it so well? Did they have a, a fortune teller on staff? Do they have a crystal ball? Um, 
fact is more prosaic. It's 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 more of a process, right, Tom? Yeah, it's a it's a discipline <laughs> to to try to do something very artistic, which is predict the future, but there's no doubt that that Netflix has some kind of discipline in place. And we'll talk a little bit about at least our our version of that trans discipline. But the idea of making it a regular habit to look at what's coming around the corner and you're going to see what you think might be coming around the corner and hashing it out and talking about it often, I guess, raises the confidence. It certainly had to do so at Netflix, raises the confidence in taking some bold moves to kind of get out in front of these trends and to do some really big transformative things that have really worked out for Netflix. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I heard something that really made a lot of sense to me. It was um, uh, very related to, to this trends discipline in that uh, we were doing a workshop and uh, most of the teams that were um, uh, working at the workshop had challenges that were in, involving really transformative ideas and new markets for a particular company. And they had two chances to present some of their innovative ideas for how to enter these markets or how to transform their existing products to, to take advantage of a trend to some executives. And um, the, 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 the first presentation was kind of rough. The second presentation went much better. But still, it wasn't like the executives that were listening were saying, hey, let's go do this. And the people that were presenting the innovative ideas were a little bit disappointed. But one of the execs came back in, the sponsor of the whole program, and said something really profound. He said, look, these guys um, are are paid to consider risks and manage the company in a direction that they're pretty sure that is going to be profitable. This is the first and second time that they're hearing about these innovative ideas. And he said, in his estimation, they're starting to come around. They're starting to understand that some really bold moves might be necessary here. But they're not, the second time they hear it, they're not going to jump on it and say, let's turn the entire ship around. But maybe the fourth, the fifth, the sixth time that it's considered, these kinds of innovative ideas will grow on them and, there's, and soon there will be this consensus in the company that it's time to take a bold move. All this suggests to me that companies that do this very well like Netflix talk about trends and what's going to happen all of the time. And they get themselves to the point where they're starting to get comfortable and placing certain bets, even though they seemed really risky at first. All about discipline to me. You guys agree? Disagree? Yeah, I want to add to what you're saying about that discipline. Some of the the discipline to that we've seen companies do well is that they've consciously said we're going to have 10% to 20% of our budget, of our efforts, of our employees' efforts that is going to go into those, as you said, Tom, the seeds, kind of planting those seeds. And we are going to, even though some of these companies are very short-term focused, you know, quarter by quarter, they're going to allow those a bit more time to germinate and to grow. Um, and they look at doing pilots. Even if it's kind of crazy pilots, they, they, let, they let it happen without killing it before they get a chance to kind of work out some of the bugs. So that's additional discipline that we've seen with some of the companies that seem to do it 
well, or at least they're trying to do it better. I think it can be difficult for a business to 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 get this sort of sense. That's why I call it a gambling mindset, even though it's a little bit harsh, because this is about discipline and um, and 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 exploring and experimenting and, and not betting the farm. But it is still about saying if this happens, then we get a big payout. You know, in some in some way, increased market share, uh, better pricing, or whatever, new customer group, new geography. You've got a reward for your for your um, for your efforts, but it is about. And I've often said to people, even though I talk about it as, as placing a bet on the future, you've got to think like a bookmaker, not like a gambler. Because if you think of a book, bookmakers are in the same boat. They're they're looking at potential outcomes, and they need to always understand what their loss and gain position is. And a bookmaker will be very smart, and they will. If they get a lot of a lot of money coming in on a particular horse, I don't know much about gambling to be perfectly honest. But if they if if that happens, they they lay off some of that bet with another bookmaker. They sort of they 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 keep the position very clear in their mind that that even if the worst happens, they've got a, a stop loss. They know how much they could possibly lose. Same with the business. You don't put all of your chips on 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 one spin of the wheel. You know you've got to be saying if we think this is a potential. There's ways to explore. There's ways to dip your toe in the water. You can invest more time with some research. You can experiment. You can do some minimally viable products and and start to get a confidence. I mean, at some point, you you have to take the plunge. But this is not about recklessness. It's about that discipline of assessment, of testing, of experimenting, and 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 finally taking the plunge. And of course, the the the, the future does belong to the brave. That's true. Most businesses that break through because they had the courage to do it. And in many corporate settings, you don't have that ability. You've got to be a fast follower, maybe, or you have to be um, very, very sure of yourself. But it doesn't mean you can't play in this space of anticipating the future. But discipline is the key, and and assessing what you what you could lose as well as what you could gain, and making an informed decision. Yeah, you know, um, I wanted to to add to what you're saying about the educated gambler. It's it's funny, some of the industries or some of the companies that we work with, you know, they're engineering driven, they're, they look for perfect information. So educated is actually a huge word and the definition of what that means to different people in the organization. You know, we have to be 100% sure or do we have to be, you know, 51% sure? And, uh, right. and making sure that, you know, I, we, as we're talking through this, the aha for me is, is don't try to, you know, get above 80%, you know, know that it's better than, um, than 51%, you know, with some of the evidence, but you know, that's the beauty of these types of things and, and who wins in this kind of a game is, is gambling first with enough education so that you're not making a perfectly bad decision, but <laughs> you're making one that looks like it might be a decent one to put your money on. I think that's a really good point because sometimes when you talk in this language, particularly in a core, most corporations have a balance of risk reward and, and they, they have a, a certain conservatism, which is natural. That's how they've grown to be the, the size that they have. So you have to be really clear. This, this is not about, um, you know, random wild acts of speculation. This, this is about taking those, um, those opportunities to, to at least test what the future might be but but yes yeah, certainly don't 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 go in big and even if you do be ready to take some reversals you know part of the 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 joy of of of, of succeeding in in betting on a future trend 
comes with the pain of failing on a couple of occasions. You just got to manage both of those. I, I'll give you a quick story. I, I had a, a small investment mature years ago and I had a little bit of cash. And I thought, well, I, I, I just want to stick it somewhere safe. So I looked at some stocks and shares and I chose two. That's It was a very small amount of money. It's not a diverse portfolio. And I thought, I know I'm going to put my money in BP because we're always going to need oil, right? And as the oil price goes up, and that was just before Deepwater Horizon and the massive blowout they had in the Gulf of Mexico. And their share price dropped to about 20% of what it was when I bought it. But not to worry, because I'd also been clever and hedged my bets by buying into a massive retailer called Tesco, who's the biggest retailer in the UK. And as soon as I'd done that, about six months later, they, they announced that they'd discovered some, some uh, accounting irregularities and had been overstating their earnings for five years. And their stock price halved like overnight. So I sat back and thought, I'm not going to be Warren Buffett the second here. This is not going to work out for me. But it doesn't mean that you just sit on a pile of cash for the rest of your life. You have to speculate. Just hopefully you'll be slightly more informed or lucky than I was. <laughs> well, I don't think that um, there are certain trends that are not uh, noble at that 51, you know, the 50 plus percent probability level. And, um, you know, when we ask clients to think about trends and then rate them, we ask them to think about the potential impact of the trend and the probability of that particular trend occurring. You know, something like the switch from VHS to DVD for, for Netflix, right? And many times it, there's a, um, it's easier to agree on the potential impact of a trend oh my gosh, if that happens, that's going to change our business remarkably. That's not the hard part. The hard part is the probability piece. Do we really think that this is going to happen? And what it seems like is that with repeated study of those trends that we may think are low probability but high impact, the organization can at least get to the point where they say, you know, there is some probability of this particular thing happening. It may not happen, but if it does, it's going to have a huge impact on us. And I think that repeated exposure, just to get to somebody to, to agree that it's maybe even a 20% probability is important because those are the very things then that you have to start to prepare for whether it's these pilot programs that you guys are talking about or just some contingency plans that allows an, uh, an organization to be nimble and quick if that particular trend actually occurs. So I think what happens is that part of the discipline is not necessarily getting to 51% probability. Part of the discipline is just getting repeated exposure and agreement on those trends that could have a massive impact on the business, absolutely taking action on the ones that you are pretty sure are going to happen, but also having some plans for those really big impact stuff that are maybe in that, you know, 20% category that you have to give some thought and some preparation to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to do that, I mean, it's, a, it's about having that that monitoring system tom right i mean i know when we've worked together i remember you saying to someone about tripwires yep. about setting up a sort of early warning system so you might not move on a on a on a future trend because you think the probability is low but that doesn't mean you ignore it right that's right you got so you 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 the part of the discipline is that 
everything that could have a big impact on the business, you've got somebody watching it. I mean, you know, Mary, I know you like that to have like metrics in place. If this, you know, if the use of DVDs reach, um, you know, 10, 10% of the market, that's the trip wire that says the, the switch from VHS is coming. And I think that's a good idea. But even in the absence of that, if you can just decide who in the organization is going to be responsible for regularly watching a particular trend and regularly reporting in as to whether, um, you know, there are some changes, if, if the probability of this trend has ha, uh, actually materializing, potential trend is actually materializing or it's waning somewhat. This is all part of, of having a, a great trend discipline, which Netflix obviously has. Yeah. Um, this is so there's a lot of nuggets that we have. Sean, is there one nugget that you think is a real key takeaway or a summary of the key takeaways for for our listeners? I just wanted to throw one more thing into the pot, really, rather than build on what, what we've said at, the, at this point. And it's this this idea. And I want to throw this one at you, Mary, is why is it that some people like, say, a Netflix are always looking at that trend and they're taking the, the bets and they're being very good at, 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 at competing in the future? Yet some businesses despite the fact that anyone outside of the business could possibly see some of these looming trends, miss miss it completely and just keep on the same path to their own demise. I mean, it seems like some businesses just, just can't see what appears to be fairly obvious. Mm, I think it goes, I, I think it's such a big question. I think people a lot of times start to rest on their laurels. They get comfortable with their success and, and it's kind of very ironic because you can see even the Romans and the Greeks. I mean, throughout history, when you get good at doing something, you want to keep doing that. And, you know, you take your foot off that gas pedal of, um, of looking for what, what else, what else you have to be hungry, I think, to really keep the appetite of what should we be looking at and what should we keep shaping it to be? So I, I think that's my takeaway. Uh, Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Mary, I couldn't say it any better than you just did. So I'm going to I'm going to answer your question about what is, you know, the one takeaway. And I'm going to go beyond the obvious because I think you knew in the first five minutes here that we were advocating having a trend discipline at your organization. So what I'm going to go with as the takeaway is this. If you're a person who's in charge of innovating around a particular market, Understand the psychology of the executives and the people that write the checks that are going to invest in your innovation at the company. Realize that it's going to take uh, a number of exposures before they're going to sign off on your innovation, before they even believe that there's a necessity to innovate in this way. And prepare accordingly. Don't get disappointed if your first or second presentation gets shot down. Have a plan at the end of the presentation that says, and this is what we're going to do next to monitor this. We're going to come back to you and we're going to tell you whether we're seeing more or less signs of this particular um, you know, trend or, or, or change in the market happening. And we're going to you know, be uh, persistent, I guess is what I want to say to those of you that are trying to bring innovation to your company. Mm, yeah, I love it. So um, we hope that you got what you needed from this podcast, uh, especially in whatever situation you may be facing at this point or trying to look into the future and get others to to support what you uh, what you might see or what you might want to see. Um, we have other podcasts, of course, go to accidentalmarketer.com and click on the podcast button. Um, we also have iTunes page, uh, where you can give us a rating or always email us and let us know your thoughts. Thank you.